everyone has been talking about catchers. We're going to play a game of catcher, catcher musical chairs on today's show where we think these players will land. And the Rookie of the Year votes came out. We're going to have maybe some unpopular opinions on how this turned out today. All on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I'm one of your two co-hosts here, uh, Jeff Ellis. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. And then I also, listen, before this, I was a lead draft and prospect analyst at Scout 24-7. Before that, I wrote for many a Cleveland sports blog. Uh, I think, I don't know if I want to say rise to prominence, but I was mostly known back in the day for my draft coverage. Justin, how do they know you? Uh, hopefully for all good things, none of the bad rumors out there. You know, there's so many rumors going on out there right now. I hope none of them are, none of them are about me. Uh, never want to be the, the subject of anything on Twitter, right? Uh, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> or it used to be what you never want to end up on Deadspin, but Deadspin's kind of dead now. So I guess that doesn't exist, but uh, I've never ended up there. But I have written at uh, Guardians Baseball Insider. I'm currently the managing editor as well as freelancing at the Willoughby News Herald and the Lorraine Morning Journal up here in the greater Cleveland area and uh, so many Cleveland baseball blogs that still exist and just still do fantastic work to this day, even without me, which shows how great of a contribution I made, right? Well, I think you make a great contribution to this podcast, as do our listeners, um, as do does everyone. I'm constantly seeing positive things about that. I do want to take a moment and thank Richie Cat. Uh, who gave us a our most recent review on iTunes. That is 133 reviews over there. Uh, in terms of where we are, I want to do my push for YouTube right now. Listen, getting to 1,000 allows us to monetize. That, that's a big deal for a podcast like ours. We are sitting here at 858, so we need 142 more. So if you have not, please consider subscribing. So I'm going to switch now. Rookie of the Year voting. Uh, I was looking at the complete released list for this, and I want to make a few statements right now. One, uh, the biggest homer in this whole thing is Vahey Gregarian for the Kansas City Star, who voted Bobby Wood Jr. second on their ballot for Rookie of the Year and did not have Adlai Rushman at all uh, or Stephen Kwan. His ballot, like he should immediately lose his vote, went Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Witt, and then Jeremy Pena. That is... That is the worst here. And if you were kind of curious, if you want to sharpen your knives, uh, the other people who did not include Stephen Kwan, Ben Nicholson-Smith at Sportsnet, uh, one of my favorite writers in all of baseball and nicest people I've met, Melissa Lockhart of The Athletic. I love her to death. Be nice to her. She is a very (laughs) kind person. So, you know, these other ones are fair game. Uh, Christy Riken of the Associated Press, who is a Houston voter but did not vote for Pena. I don't hate hers, and I'll explain that in a second. Uh, Allison Footer for another Houston writer, left off Quan, and I think, is that, there? there's one more I know who did not get Quan when I was going through, no, that's, that. oh yeah, uh, David Ginsburg, the Associated Press from Baltimore, who put- uh, Not a great day for the Associated Press. 
No. Uh, but yeah, no, this this guy from the Kansas City Star, I'm not familiar with. I, I, I don't even know if it's a guy. I, I, you know, I should be honest. I don't know. Yeah, it's an old white dude. Uh, for 25 years uh, has been covering them. Like, this is the worst ballot. Like, no, no Rushman, Wit 2, and then Pena 3. And like I said, I, I can understand sometimes some of these things like... Um, Christy Riken. I understand putting George Kirby three because you want his name on the ballot. You want him. He's not going to get there, but I've talked about it. Like I thought he was the fifth best rookie in the American league this year. I understand voting for someone to at least allow them to be on the ballot. Let their name pop. I don't hate that. Uh, and I totally get that, uh, that vote. Bobby Witt jr. Two is a joke. Like he wasn't even a top five rookie this year in the American league. I'm sorry, he wasn't. Uh, he had some great counting numbers, but the defensive numbers were pretty terrible. If you're going to vote him three, fine. Like that that third group, no, not even fine. Because like, it's a clear top three. Like it's not even really debatable. If you wanted to vote him just so he appears like Kirby or Pena, but it's like Kirby, Pena are, should be four and five. Witt is six. And then like Brandon Burke, I think of Texas would have been seven for me. And it's kind of the problem when you only have three votes. Uh, but outside of this really homery vote, the rest of them kind of make sense. But I mean, and if you're curious, the one person who did not vote uh, for Adlai Rushman or who did not, who voted for Adlai Rushman and not Julio Rodriguez was also that Ben Nicholson Smith of Sportsnet who left off Quan. So that's a, a weird ballot in general. Um, but yeah, no, there's a, yeah, this, the Kansas City Star one is uh, is just going to make me ticked off all night, and I don't even care about awards for the most part. But you know, look look at Ash, uh, Anthony Kastravins, uh, who he doesn't really he's not Cleveland anymore, but he is considered the Cleveland affiliate. And Rodriguez Rushman Quant, like that's the way to go. Jason Beck of Detroit, that's the way to go. That is the correct one. Uh, David Lorela, a fan graphs, who's a Boston registered one. Interesting enough, you know, that's the way to go. It makes sense. And I do, again, I understand if you, someone who wanted to get Kirby's name on the ballot, want to get wit a vote or two, want to make sure Pena was on the ballot. But I mean, if you have, if you're the, like I said, I'm just going to say it one more time. The Kansas city one is a joke, Justin, your take. Yeah. The Kansas city one is, it's just straight up awful. The, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the, Ben Nicholson Smith one, I actually, I can agree with a little bit. I, the Quan thing, leaving Quan off is weird. His leaving Quan off is weird. The Rutschman over Rodriguez thing, I totally buy. You know, he laid out on Twitter his argument for Rutschman over Rodri or Rodriguez, and I said that makes sense. I can see you can serve from that point of view. And and Rutschman had a fantastic year. He was by far. Um, the best, he was probably the second best catcher in all of baseball this year. Uh, if you just go by straight rate stats and don't look at games played, there was a lot of things he did well, and he made a big difference to the Orioles this season. Um, I'm surprised there were not more first place votes for Adley Rushman. Uh, I was not surprised at all. Stephen Kwan finished in third, leaving Stephen Kwan to your ballot is just silly. It's just silly. I'm sorry, Jeremy Pena. You know, it's it's same. Jeremy Pena is very similar to Bobby Witt Jr. The defensive numbers were fantastic for Pena, but he had an OBP below 300. That's bad. Uh, the, the, the counting stats, you know, 22 homers, 11 steals. That looks sexy. 
just like Bobby Witt's 2030. That looks sexy, but I'm sorry. The OBP is below 300 and the defensive metrics are bad for him. Uh, you should feel bad for uh, voting either of those guys ahead of Stephen Kwan. Um, but the, yeah, everyone, there's a lot of people who have a very, uh, a very angry Twitter timeline right now about Stephen Kwan not winning. And I think it's silly. Look at any other year, probably Stephen Kwan wins or he's like top two or whatever. People are like, oh, they didn't even consider him. They can, they, they, there was nothing to consider. Julio Rodriguez was the best rookie in the American League. There wasn't even an argument. There was not even an argument. I mean, everyone's like, oh, Stephen Kwan doesn't strike out. Julio Rodriguez strikes out a lot. Do you believe people act like, I mean, Jeremy Payne hit 253, okay? Julio Rodriguez struck out just the same rate as, as uh, Julio, J- Jeremy Pena, 24-2 for Pena, 25-9 for Rodriguez. That's, that's a negligible difference. Julio Rodriguez hit 285, 345, 509. So you could say, oh, he struck out over 100 times. Well, that's great, but he hit 284. His average was good. Everything he did was good. He hit homers. He stole bases. He didn't. He hit for average. He got on base. He hit for power. He was the best rookie. And it's okay to feel like your guy got slighted and be a fan of your guy. And, you know, nobody can tell you how to be a fan, but, you know, let's not cry foul about elections here about uh, uh, rookie of the year and, and this whole voting thing. Like, I'm sorry. People are saying, oh, they only care about power. No, Julio Rodriguez stole 25 bases and he hit for a good average and he got on base just fine. Everything he did was great. The only egregious thing, like you said, is leaving Stephen Kwan off your ballot because he was clearly the third best rookie in the American League. And at not I, I I think I would have seen more first place votes for Rutschman. Rutschman winning over Rodriguez wouldn't have made sense to me in the long run, but I'm surprised I didn't see more first base first place votes for Rutschman just because of the value he added to the Orioles team as a catcher. That makes a difference, you know? Yeah, just for some context, since 2000, the highest war amongst hitters uh you know this is basically okay i'm just gonna say the names because this tells you how far it goes back albert pulhos is on this list uh mike trout had a 10.1 war in in 12 aaron judge 8.7 and 17 albert pulhos 7.2 and 01 chris bryan in 2015 had a 6.1 each row in 01 had a six evan longoria had a 5.6 and 08 Seventh and eighth is a tie between Julio Rodriguez and Adley Rushman. I love Stephen Kwan. Stephen Kwan wins the award eight out of ten times. Unfortunately uh, for him, he had a year with two of the eight best offensive performers, American League or National League, in mm-hmm. the last 22 years of baseball. Like that just, he ran into a buzzsaw. We he should clear one thing up too. Buzzsaw. We should clear one thing up. I saw a couple people on Twitter saying, well, now that Quan doesn't finish in second, Cleveland doesn't lose an extra year of service time with him, but that's not how it works. Uh, Quan was up from day one. He was never in AAA. They called him up on day one. He stayed up. Um, so by he got a full year of service time no matter what. So Adley Rutschman now was not up to start the year. Uh, I think he was, let's see, he was at point... Well, our fan graphs already upgrade, updated, but he was not at a full year of service time at the end of the year because of time missed because of injury. Um, he is now at a full year because of he finished in second place. Rodriguez was up from day one, too. So, and the Mariners get a draft pick now. The Mariners get a draft pick for that. So, that's good for them. Um, yeah. So, that Cleveland, Quan doesn't have two years of service time. He just has one. Uh, that role didn't apply to him. If he would have been down in April and won it, 
or whatever, it would have uh, they would have got he would have earned a year of service time, but he didn't. So clear that up. Yeah, I was just so I think oh so because I didn't even look at the National League. So what's crazy though is you look at the other side of it with Harris and Strider, um, they don't get draft picks with those players, Atlanta, and then uh, Donovan. Harris, it's a, oh, well, I guess it does. The Harris service time thing doesn't matter because he got a contract, so they they yeah they avoided it, themselves out but they that. don't get any draft picks. Um, and then the second Rushman also doesn't get compensation but he does get the full service time because he technically wasn't uh, up at the full time. And with, with Donovan and Strider, neither of them were top 100 prospects. Um, so that's again, kind of the cruddiness about this. Cause like Strider and Quan, uh, neither of them made lists. So they wouldn't, wouldn't have qualified. And then for the other teams, they just didn't provoke them early, uh, early enough. So it's, it's unfortunate. Like a, Rookie of the year, I guess it's only for first place. Uh, yeah, the, the the draft pick compensation yeah. it is. If you so, have lists, I didn't. Oh, and Spencer Strider has a contract with the Braves too, so they don't yeah. they don't care about that either. But it would have uh, been nice for the for the draft pick who doesn't want an extra first rounder immediately after the first round. I mean, that's what Seattle's getting. Right. Seattle's getting. Uh, Seattle is immediately one of the top five teams in next year's draft in terms of like value because they have two picks in the top 30 because the Mets, I believe are getting dropped down 10 picks for going over slots. So the, the Mets or the Mets, the Mariners legitimately have two first rounders um, because they the promoted Mets losing, the Mets are losing theirs. Cause they went over the, yeah, that's uh, why they're dropping like 10 spots, I think, or maybe it's 15. I wonder if, <laughs> if that, if that second pick by the Mariners is tradable, that extra pick they got, they're picking what 33 basically now or 32. It might even be 31. I, well, it would have been 31, but because the Mets pit, pick dropping, isn't it 30? Oh, it could be 30. You're right. Okay, so I wonder if that pick is tradable. It's not a comp pick, but it's an extra pick. I wonder if it's tradable. I don't have an answer to that one. I would probably end up like checking and Andrew. seeing Joe Doyle. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, Joe Doyle or Andrew Kinsman. But yeah, no, it's uh, I don't know. It's just interesting to look at. And again, Quan had a great year. He should have been third. Uh there's some logic to any of them outside that Kansas city person who was just awful. Um, and then, yeah, you know, if, if he wasn't going up against, like I said, two of the eight best seasons of the last 22 years. Uh, and that list is like, I mean, Evan Longoria is maybe the least successful because he hit an aging curve and injuries, Chris Bryant. I mean, these are the guys who are <laughs> the worst performers on that list. So, uh, you know, it, it bodes well. And Quan wasn't that far behind. But, yeah, he should have been top three. We've gone 15 minutes. So I'm going to call it here. We're going to come back and talk catcher musical chairs. Uh, and then uh, just a little note on the rule five, because we know rosters need to be set by uh, by this time tomorrow. Tomorrow's show we will be going in depth on who is making the roster for the Cleveland Guardians. But first, we're going to take a quick word from our sponsors, and those are our good friends over at Bet Online. There's the overlay. Listen, Bet Online has you covered. They have more props, odds, and lines than anyone. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting, info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. 
we got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, uh, Justin, can you, I take over. We're in a, I got to do something very quickly and then hop back in and do the ad. All right. Well, uh, yeah, sports or uh, bet online is your place to look for all sports, um, ads, or ads, sell all sports, uh, betting. I don't know what the odds were for rookie of the year. Uh, but I can tell you, they probably had it pretty close. As Jeff always says, it's a very good informational site to find out, um, just any kind of odds or just to see what's going on. Draft picks. Um, Jeff, I was just saying rookie of the year. I don't, I don't know if they had rookie of the year odds on there, but it would have been a good place to go to for they um, Stephen Kwan was, uh, at one point, like plus 10,000. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. I mean, you could have made a lot of money, but, uh, it wasn't to be, but, but I'm just, I was just going to say, it's a good informational source to at least, uh, go to and see what everybody thinks. And, uh, yeah, bet online is where the game starts. Yep, they got you covered. Okay, uh, we are back. Sorry about my running away. Uh, I'm uh, solo parenting it tonight, and sometimes things pop up uh, when you're recording live and can't pause. So, <laughs> uh, or live to tape, I guess they call it, right? Wasn't that what it was called back in the day? Uh, but might be before my time. <laughs> yeah, um, but let's do catcher musical chair. So I put together a list of the players I've heard the most rumors about for nine of the players on the list who are either free agents in the rumor mail meal mill or players who could potentially be um, and then one player. I, I got through nine names pretty easily and like I'm going to have a cough here. So Sean Murphy, Alejandro Kirk, Wilson Contreras, Christian Vasquez, Danny Jansen, Mike Zanino, Gabriel Moreno, Gary Sanchez, Omar Narver, Narvez, and then Kyle Kyle H of the Yankees. Um, I included him at 10 just because I was going through and looking at stuff. And there's talk that the Yankees are going to pursue Sean Murphy. They might pursue other options if they want a catcher, even though, you know, they got Trevino there still under contract who just won the gold glove that it seems like Kyle H is on the way out. He, you know, they're not going to hold three catchers and he just didn't hit well enough. The defensive metrics. Um, listen, he, he's kind of like Austin Hedges of three years ago defensively. So unfortunately, he's also Austin Hedges with a bat. But we're just going to go through these names and kind of guess where we think these players are going to land. Um, if there's a name I missed, yell at me. I made the list. My fault. But uh, that is our list. So I guess we'll start our, start off with the object of everyone's desire. You know, the one that everyone is uh, you know already mocking up uh, jerseys for to Cleveland, and that's Sean Murphy. Where do you think Sean Murphy's going? If I had to guess right now, out of all the teams that need a catcher coming up, I'm going to say it's going to be St. Louis. Agreed. I know we said this yesterday on the show. And real yeah. quick, before we move on the list, I know I don't, I don't get hung up about this too much. Um, the White Sox, there was talk about the White Sox being interested in, in Sean Murphy. Uh, the White Sox do not have the pieces to get Sean Murphy. Let's be real right now. Their, their farm system is not good. Uh, it may, maybe Oakland has has some value in certain players in the system. You don't know. Sometimes they see a guy and they're like, "All right, we like this guy. We like what we can do with him and develop him." So maybe they're more interested than the outside eye would think. Um, but on the surface, it doesn't look like the White Sox have the pieces to get it done. Um, but a little coincidental, don't you think that the White, the supposedly maybe the Guardians 
would be if it was Sean Murphy and oh don't you know what the White Sox are interested like all these rumors that are coming out are coming from Oakland guess what they're interested in Sean Murphy they're interested in Sean Murphy that team's interested in Sean Murphy who do you think is letting all these rumors out it's not Cleveland it's not the White Sox it's not the Cardinals it's not the Rays it's the Athletics the Athletics are trying to create a market they don't need to create a market because Sean Murphy's great um, but everyone's interested in, in him for a reason and Oakland's going to let it be known because it's going to drive up the value. So when you hear rumors about that kind of stuff, just again, who does it benefit? It benefits Oakland. Yeah. And just as a quick thing, why we kind of agreed um, when we were sitting there last night in discussing this, uh, St. Louis has a big need. Uh, is it Jose Herrera is maybe the projected backup? Is that like back of my head? That could be wrong. Who's the former prospect? They have a, obviously a weak spot there, Andrew Kitzner and Ivan Herrera. Uh, but they also have depth for days. Like Nolan Gorman may not have a place to play. Uh, there's questions if they'll trade Tyler O'Neill. They have a lot of prospects in the upper minors that are very interesting. They can do it without giving up Jordan Walker and make it work. I think they're more likely to trade prospects. I think they have the right prospects to trade. And there's more of a recent trading history with those two teams. So... Sorry, I think if all things are equal, this offseason plays out. And, I mean, if they want him more than anyone else, they can get him because they have Jordan Walker. Again, I don't think they're going to trade Jordan Walker, but he Walker is going to trump anything that Cleveland can offer. And that's just the way that goes. Again, I don't think it's going to cost Walker. But, you know, Mason Wynn is a really interesting guy. Tink Hentz is a really interesting guy. And they might be more willing to move some of those guys than I think Cleveland is with their big three pitching arms. Next up on the list, uh, Alejandro Kirk. I mean, hey, you saw that Jim Bowden tweet, and that guy's never wrong. So that means if they're not getting Murphy, that they must be getting Kirk, right? I mean, I guess I'll lead off on Kirk. Uh, I I think his team for next year is the Toronto Blue Jays. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he has been productive. He has five years of team control, and again, the front office there had its roots in Cleveland where they like to develop offensive first catchers. Listen, the pop time is going to be an issue next year. You've heard Justin bring up great points on the importance of pop time, but he's also an elite framer. He's fine. I don't think they're going to trade him. Uh, and he doesn't make any sense to Cleveland because if they did trade him, you know, I was talking about blue Jays fans last night because they love my tweet about the value of catchers. Um, and they were like every trade they wanted a pitcher like if they're going to trade kirk they wanted at least tristan mckenzie as a starter um i saw one guy who's like you know maybe we could do quantrell and i can't remember who the secondary piece was but it's a big ask it doesn't make a lot of sense for either of those two teams to get it work oh stefan and quantrell feels like a good starting package uh was but yeah, I think Kirk just stays home in this case. I think that they keep the sure bat, the silver slugger with good pop times. <laughs> if Kirk does, I can I can I hedge my bet here a little bit? Can I mm-hmm. can I? If Kirk does not end up staying with Toronto, he goes to the Astros. That's my bet. If he doesn't stay in Toronto, he goes to the Astros. Do they have the pieces? I, don't I think, think so. So. My, my my argument is this. The Blue Jays want pitching. I think the Astros have some pitching to trade, especially at the big league level. We know Toronto's not interested in, in a lot of minor league pieces. They want pitching help that's going to help them as soon as this year. I think that the Astros have some to spare. I know that they not want to tap into their depth, but they need a catcher. Corey Lee's not good. Ener Diaz isn't a catcher. Martin Maldonado can't hit. They need a catcher. 
Um, I think they have some big league pitching pieces to spare. They just gave uh, Rafael Montero a ton of money, so maybe they trade another one of their relievers. I don't know, and they have you know Hunter Brown. Like, I feel like Hunter I Brown think, and a reliever isn't quite enough yet. I I well I know Hunter, Hunter Brown really not, probably not. You probably yeah. got to give him Diaz, and you probably got to give him somebody else. But I think the Astros have enough to get it done if they uh, see. I still if think they want him. Like Hunter Brown, some places is like a back end of the top 100. Other places have him closer to 50. Um, I think you know. I, depends I just, on depends on what the Blue Jays value. Yeah. I'm just saying if if he doesn't go, if it doesn't if it doesn't lead, doesn't doesn't stay with the Blue Jays. I'm saying the Astros. That that to me is the most obvious fit. If it, if he doesn't stay in Toronto, fair enough. Uh, I would think if he doesn't stay in Toronto, um, it's kind of looking. I would see the Rays. Five years of team control. Uh, they've taken oh. guys like Mejia and other guys who are a liability. The framing data is there, and they definitely have the pieces to go out and get him. And he doesn't cost a lot of salary. But Would they trade in division. Money. Yeah. Imagine Kirk for um, Glass now. I mean, I think that deal works, but it's very risky for the. It for is. The, uh, the Blue Jays would do it because I think they are there. They want to yeah. get this done now, but. It's yeah. I, that might be one of the rare trades that could work. You're right. I can yeah, see it. I mean, on it paper, make sense. on paper, they make the most sense. But that's on paper. That's okay. not with everything. Who's around. next? Uh, let's see. So it's back to you. And of course, I closed that chat bubble for a second. So third on our list, Wilson Contreras, the free agent. Wilson Contreras. I'm gonna go Wilson Contreras to the Red Sox. They need a catcher. They're not gonna get Murphy. They will spend the money on. Wilson Contreras. I was that's a good one. The bad Sox are on the list. I was debating them versus the Giants. I feel like the Giants have been talking about spending money this offseason as well. Um, Joey Bart was awful in all phases of the game last year. And, you know, it, there's talk that they'll trade for Murphy and they do have pieces. Uh, they have a solid minor leagues. So it's not like spectacular but it is solid and it's top heavy and i wonder if they would just rather go out and buy someone but i think i think boston is a good call here as well those would be the two teams i guess that means i got to start off with christian vasquez here at four um so looking at christian vasquez he obviously helped his value with the strong second half continued strong play he is 32 years of age so there is some risk there uh at his overall cost and with the lack of players in system, I think he might make sense to the White Sox. I think he might actually be in that little window of what they can afford. And especially if they can, you know, play Grandel at another position. And let's say, you know, Grandel comes back and he's good. Then he's a tradable asset. Like, you know, once he has seasons halfway done and that salary is in his high. But if they feel like they can't trust Grandel, like he fits the right window. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't. I don't see a better fit for Vasquez than the White Sox with all these pieces off the board. I don't think the Giants are interested. Um, I could see the Brewers, although I think the Brewers are going to be careful about what they do. I could see the Brewers being a fit. So I'd say White Sox or Brewers. I think. I think uh, depending on how things play out with Murphy, I think Cleveland will be in the mix for Vasquez. But I think the White Sox and the Brewers are probably. I think I, it goes White Sox, Brewers, Cleveland, and that uh, likelihood for, for Vasquez. Can I go back and change? I'm going to change my uh, my Kirk 
one to uh, the Brewers instead of the Rays. Really? I don't. I don't think the Brewers have the pitching for Kirk. Do they? Oh man, really? Wow, that would be wow. You're Kirk plus another piece. I mean, wow. Think about the crazy. I mean, like there's a logic to like if they get Kirk and a lesser I was pitcher, thinking prospects. No, wow, no but if yeah. they go like high end, like you could have a really interesting deal with Kirk for Corbin Burns. Just like I said, you're probably doing Kirk plus, but, um, but if they don't get Kirk, I would actually recommend them for our next player, which is Danny Jansen. They do like to trade for catching. Uh, and there could be a logic of getting some like Eric Lauer for Danny Jansen or something a little bit loud. Like, and before someone's like, Hey, why did you say not please act, but Lauer? Cause Lauer has been better. Like <laughs> he's just has mm-hmm. been, uh, <laughs> or kind of some of, one of those tiers for an Eric Lauer, uh, for Danny Jansen makes sense. Omar Navarez, Narvez, I should say, was a player they got in a trade. They have acquired catchers through trades, and I feel like they don't have a ton of great depth at that catching position. Uh, I guess Lauer hasn't been that great uh, the last two years, so maybe he doesn't make as much sense. But, I mean, they still have days and days of pitching um, for a trade to make sense for uh kind of a lesser deal for Danny Jansen. I could see, yeah, I could see Jansen and the Brewers for sure. I don't think that yeah, Jansen and the White Sox won't make sense to me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm still mind blown by your Brewers Blue Jays trade. That just completely flipped my brain upside down. I, I it makes sense. I just didn't, I didn't think about it from that, that perspective of things. It blew my mind. So yeah, I could see Jansen. I could see Kirk to the Brewers. I could see Jansen to the, to the, the Brewers. I could see, I could see Jansen even to the Giants. So um, a lot yeah, of good fits. Jansen to the Giants makes sense. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, I mean, heck, Jansen to the Yankees makes sense uh, yeah. because they have that's, the pieces to make that trade. You know, oh, yeah, you're right. Again, I'm thinking on paper. I'm thinking fit, fit, not, yeah, that one's not happening. No, that one doesn't make any sense at all. Um, Astros, I think, could make sense. Uh, again, in terms of, like, if they don't can't get the higher one. Uh, and then, again, I think, well, that's, see, that's the problem, like, the Rays on paper makes sense. Probably don't make sense in the real world. A name that wasn't on our list, who I think could make sense, is Arizona, who has a lot of like you know Merrill Kelly and another piece for Danny Jansen. There might that mm-hmm. might you know first Der- Merrill Kelly was a top twenty-five pitcher in baseball last year. Uh, yeah. We're going to take a, a break here, and then we're going to come back and hit the rest of this list. I know people are already like, you haven't mentioned the Guardians yet. We'll we'll probably get there. Um, on this list. I think right now the issue is the guardians are kind of a runner up position, but we'll come back and talk about that on today's locked on guardians. And we are back. So when I say a runner up position, uh, I mean more like they're kind of in the running for a bunch of these guys. And then, you know, if a team decides, Hey, like if Milwaukee decides like, no, Victor Carantini is good enough. Uh, we just need like a lower end guy. Then all of a sudden you remove them and Cleveland's in the running for one of these, uh, you know, other players. Or maybe Danny Jansen goes to another spot and it opens up, um, you know, Christian Vasquez. Maybe Jansen goes to the White Sox again. We talked about maybe not the perfect fit there, but then it opens up Vasquez type of deal for Cleveland. Um, but having said that, going back to the list, uh, why don't you lead us off with Mike Zunino? Ooh, Mike Zanino is a tough one. All right, so who else needs a catcher next season? Um, who have I not given a catcher to? Or if we're still doing this on on, make, on making sense, uh, I don't know. We've got what, Yankees, 
Cubs. See, I think if the Yankees don't get a big fish, they're yeah. going to just uh, stick Agreed. with Trevino. I don't see why not. So, um, I could see I could see Zanino to the Cubs. That may, that can make some sense for them. Um, although they have Jan Gomes, I think they're pretty good with that. So I, maybe they'll go for a a last inning. I don't know what Zanino's going to get. He had what? Did he have like that thoracic outlet or? Yeah, I believe it was thoracic outlet, which is you know obviously very unusual for the catcher position. Um, I don't and think anyone's going to like my answer, but I'm going to say Mike Zanino to Cleveland. That's that's what I'm going to say. And if if you look at him a year ago, his uh, his framing was 94th percentile. His his barrel percentage was 100th percentile. He had the most barrels of any player in baseball in 2021 when healthy. Now his K percentage and whiff percentage were first percentile. So he okay. was definitely a – but his pop time to second base, 89th percentile. So you're talking about elite, elite at the defensive end of things. So if he rebounds and is healthy, he is a right-handed power bat who is an elite defender. Imagine if, like, Austin Hedges had 20 home run power. Like, that would be acceptable, wouldn't it? Am I wrong? Like people should I mean, hate it if it happens. Yeah, a year ago, Mike Zanino had 33 homers and had a 134 way to runs created plus. Could you imagine 33 homers from Austin Hedges a year ago, like or to this year? That'd have been a game changer. And I'm not saying he has to hit the middle lineup, but I, I Mike Zanino has been a longtime gifted defender in, in the majors. He never ended up being the star people thought he was going to be because of the strikeout rate and the the contact issues, but he is a 25 home run hitter who is one of the best defensive catchers in baseball. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he's got pretty good reviews around baseball in terms of like clubhouse makeup character, all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, I'm going to say Mike's I don't know. People aren't going to be happy about that, but I'm going to say Mike's Nino to Cleveland. No. And if they're not happy, it's because they're not paying attention. That's my general view on that. Because again, he is a right-handed power bat with elite. Like I can tell you, having gone through the data trying to find guys who have both elite pop and elite uh, framing. There's like three of them, one Sean Murphy. So it's a pretty hard combination to find in general, but uh, to go to, I'm, Oh, mine. I, I haven't given Houston one. So I think he makes sense to Houston. If he is still on the board at this point, um, next up on our list is Gabriel Moreno, who was great for Toronto in short period, has been considered maybe the best catching prospect in baseball the past few years. Uh, you let us off, so it's my turn. Here's my hot take. Moreno and Kirk are what Naylor and Murphy would be in, in Cleveland. Like You can find ways to play them both. I think he also stays. I don't think they're trading him. I just don't see the value in it, and I think you find ways to play them both, and you can find ways to play them both. So, I, I think Jansen gets traded and they keep the other two. I mean, Jansen got like 200 at-bats as a pure backup these past few years. I'm sure they can find more to do with Moreno. Yeah, I'm going to say Moreno stays with Toronto as well. Um, I, I, I'm with you. I think the, the odds are they trade one of Moreno or Kirk and they keep Jansen as the backup to one of those two. I mean, you're right. Yeah, Moreno and Kirk would be an interesting one-two tandem. Um, but yeah, I'll say that Moreno <laughs> stays. He he probably has the most value, but I think they can still get a lot for the other two if they decide to move either one of them. So I'll say um, Moreno stays. Uh, so we got boring there. Okay. One that I, here's the funny thing too. Number eight is Gary Sanchez. I feel like more fans would be happy with Gary Sanchez than Mike Zanino, even though I, I know I'm sure I agree. Like Sanchez is a bad defender who doesn't actually have as much power as Zanino. Uh, but am I wrong in my assessment? And where do we think Sanchez ends up? 
okay, if you think my, my Gary Sanchez makes sense for Cleveland, did anybody watch what happened in that ser- that that final series at, when Minnesota came to Cleveland? That five game series that was very crucial. He gave them a game by himself with those pass balls or the wild pitches. I mean, the only reason Cleveland won that game is because of Gary Sanchez and Ahmed Rosario. Um, hmm. um, did I already give the White Sox a catcher? Um, I want to. No, I want to keep Gary Sanchez have. in the AL Central. I think. I think. I think Gary Sanchez deserves to stay in the AL Central. So why not the White Sox? I don't know. Or um, maybe, maybe I, the Twins are probably done with him. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Pop time seventy nine, framing fifty. So there is something there. Uh, barrel percentage is high. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a bat first guy whose bat isn't that good. Um, looking How about at- the Rockies. How about the Rockies? They, I know they got Elias Diaz. I think the extension. But they don't have a backup, and they don't have a. No, I think you're right. Backup. We didn't. Yeah, no, that's a good call. We didn't have him in the initial list, but they like to pay for power, and I think you're right. And they sometimes pay for name value. So good call. I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> I think that's a great call. Golf clap. I left the Rockies off our list. You pulled that out of the air. I think that's <laughs> awesome because that is a hard player to find a fit for. Uh, yeah. Next up, Omar Narvez. This is where like the last guy in free agency has one to talk about. Like I looked at Tucker Barnhart, I looked at Kirk Casilli's numbers. I'm like, ooh, okay, yeah, let's not um, let's not put them in. So if we're talking, uh, you know, Omar Narvez at this point in time, I have a good one. Okay, I know I said they would stand pat at at uh, catcher if they don't get a big fish with, with Jose Trevino. But I'm I'm pretty sure the Yankees would consider Omar Narvaez as an upgrade on Kyle Higashioka, and he would be a left-handed hitter in a, in a left-handed hitting friendly ballpark. So I will say, Omar Narvaez goes and backs up Jose Trevino in New York. And Trevino is a righty, correct? So they could also mm-hmm. platoon flip those. And, and uh, you know, I give a lot of credit to the Brewers. Narvaez, when he got there, was all bat, no glove, and he's a solid defender now. Pop times are bad, but he can frame. He can do a lot of other things very well. So that takes us to 10, which is, I I was struggling. And Kyle H. of the Yankees, I do feel like the Yankees are looking for an upgrade. They're not going to carry three catchers. Uh, so if they don't get a massive upgrade or they don't get a platoon, if they do get a massive upgrade or they do get a platoon guy who makes sense, uh, where could Kyle H. go? Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with Narvaez going there. Mm-hmm. So... Well, I was going to say Kyle H to maybe the Angels, but uh, I could see, I could see Higashioka going to like, well, they're not going to help the Astros out, so probably not. I was going to say maybe the Angels, but they have Logan O'Hoppy and Max Stassi. That's a pretty nice. Uh, Dude, I mean, how about, how about the Diamondbacks if they're going to try to? It, well, uh, that's not an upgrade on Carson Kelly either. I don't know. It, that's a tough one. Pirates. Sorry. Pirates. If you were going to, I mean, the people who hate my interrupting are just going crazy right now. Uh, if you That's want fine. to, uh, if you want to see a horror show, go look up Max Stassi's everything on Baseball Savant. Like, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen that much dark blue. Like, my it, it's to the point where I'm like, I was talk, thinking, oh, maybe we should add him to the list because you know he makes five million dollars. I'm like, oh my goodness, that might be one of the worst catching contracts in baseball right now. Uh, I'm gonna say the Guardians because he's you know. Hedges esque, you know, he does everything well. He's not super expensive. He would be relatively cheap to acquire. Uh, Cleveland could work him in some kind of 
lesser deal, maybe even for someone like Nick Miklojak uh, type of deal for uh, him. I don't think it costs more than that. If that, and if they're going to just, if uh, I think they, they do adore Naylor. And if they decide Naylor's the man, then uh, adding someone like Kyle H and letting Luke Maley go. And I mean, I, I guess I could look at the arbitration numbers, but there's a chance you might even save money on that. Uh, I, I don't know if, uh, if he is arbitration eligible or not, but I feel like, uh, yeah, it, he's probably making under a million, right? Uh, let's see. He is arbitration eligible for the first time this year. So yeah, you're probably going to be, he's going to be cheaper. All right. Well, that's good for the catcher. We didn't even we didn't talk about Hedges or Roberto Perez or anything like that. Perez, I think, ends up being a mile league deal to somebody. But Hedges, I don't know where he ends up. But uh, should we give a quick uh, roll five hope... uh, update for tomorrow? Yeah, we should. Uh, 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 oh no, Kyle H is going to be one point seven million. I was wrong there. So he is he's kind of valued. Uh, Hedges to the Pirates. Um, and Roberto Perez to the emergency room because he's made of tissue paper. He's not going to last. Now, Rule 5 is tomorrow. We're going to go very in-depth. This is going to be the podcast to listen to. If you're curious about who was added, who was not, here's my hot take. There is going to be a trade tomorrow, a minor one, more than likely, probably involving the Tampa Bay Rays, but there will be very likely another trade tomorrow. Uh, Probably a little bit more significance, as much as I love uh, Jose Fermin, than that deal. But yeah, definitely will be something to watch. We're we had the same top five of um, Angel Martinez, Tim Heron, David Fry, Joey Cantillo, and uh, Miklo Jack, right? So yeah. those are the guys. We, yeah, and essentially Cantillo and Martinez are the only must adds, and and are the only guys we really feel are kind of must adds, and Martinez is the only true must add. So. Yeah, I'll be curious to see. What are your thoughts? I think for sure, I, I do believe that Cantillo will be added. Martinez will be added. They'll have to create two spots. I think they'll, I think they'll create a third spot. And you're right. They, I could, I would, I foresee a small trade tomorrow. And I, I see that I could even see them trading somebody on the 40 man roster to make a space too. So, yeah, there'll be some activity tomorrow or today, as you're probably listening to this. If you're not listening to the uh, the YouTube version, and hey, if you're if you're listening to the audio version and you would like to listen to this before anybody else, you should subscribe to our YouTube because those are the people who get to hear this first before you get the audio version. So if you want to be the first to listen and know, subscribe to our YouTube. And, and I do want to take a second and give Justin some credit here. He probably doesn't want to say it on the air. Uh, well, don't make that face. You make it think like I'd never give you credit. People will be like, people probably what, think I, I like keep you in a corner of my basement and make you do this show based on some of the comments on YouTube. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I like your idea that Richie Palacios, who I, I do love, but I think he's very much a player who makes sense as one of those 40 man roster trade types tomorrow. And the, you that's from your mouth is an idea. And I think that's very logical. Um, and something that makes sense is he doesn't have a great home here, but there could be a team who views. Listen, I mean, uh, fan graphs last year talked about him as a plus potential bat, like not necessarily power, but what he does is like a future potential DH. So there's there's teams out there who could value him. So I think that was a, a smart off air comment you made that I wanted to point out. I, I was I didn't even know I was getting credit for him. Like, what did I do to even deserve any credit? Not that you don't ever give me credit for anything. I was just like surprised that I. I said something that was deserving of it, so thank you. 
No, like I said, it just uh, most of the comments are very positive, but there is definitely a subset that uh, that think I'm oppressing you on this show. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, just want to make sure that uh, that they didn't view that. It, listen, uh, people have also been saying, and I am I didn't get to comments yesterday because I forgot because such is life. But uh, people say they love the long show, and this is a very long show today. So I hope you love it. Tomorrow we will be doing all of your Rule Five questions. So after everything is declared. Which, what is, do we know the deadline on that? Uh, I think it's like 6 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> okay. So we'll, we'll have all the info. So if you're curious, again, it'll be on YouTube first. So check it there. And then you can also download and listen at home. Thank everyone who is doing anything that helps the show grow. It has been great. It has been fantastic. Last month was the biggest month ever by significant margin. The month before that had was previously the biggest month ever by a significant margin. Listen, we're not going to top the playoffs, but we're having our greatest November ever. So thank you all. Uh, And the way we end every show before we hit 45 minutes. Go, go, Guardians, go.